welcome into the producers podcast here on dentalfan.com is where you can find all of the producers podcasts it is my debut tie i fuji with me in the 104.3 The Fan Studios. Ty, how are you this afternoon? Doing great, Michael. Well, welcome, welcome, man. I know. It had to had to happen at some point, I guess. Yeah, it's still going, but once we got this whole thing off the ground, we could bring more and more people in. So there you go. It'll, it'll be great to have you in City on. You guys are going to be great. Yeah, so now officially part of the club of the, of the producers' podcast. The Cool Kids Club. Yeah, the Cool Kids. Now I don't have to sit by myself in the, in the break room, so it's always a good thing. <laughs> In the break room, just talking to yourself. Yeah, eating my Lunchable. Just, just in, with your arms crossed. Yeah, snickering at the cool kids. Well, Ty, we're entering that season of where it's almost like the mecca of sports. We will have NFL football. Yep. We will soon have hockey, which preseason started already. We will have NBA basketball, which preseason started. And we will have baseball playoffs and, of course, college football. Which one are you most excited about? Honestly, man, I'm most excited for hockey. It, it, it was a great season for the Avalanche last year, and they're just as good this year, in my opinion. I mean, the goalie situation, it's going to be a little, little different, a little thing to watch, but honestly, the Avs, the Avs are going to be just as fun this year. Yeah, and we hope so. And like you said, Kemper out, Papa George in. <laughs> Georgie. Gor- Gorgiev is in. Arturi yeah, Lekin in two goals last night in, in the preseason game. So That's that's awesome. That's great to hear. It'll he, be, he's a great pickup last year. Yeah, and they re-signed him, so that'll be good. Jamal Murray, how about that? His first game back in 536 days. I hadn't realized it had been that long. Wow. Uh, two years. Two years since the full lineup has been back. So, what were they look like? They were the best team in basketball. So now you have your, I guess, quote-unquote top four. Your yeah. big, Your big four. Yeah, Jokic, Murray, uh, MPJ, and Gordon. And we'll see how uh, KCP slots in. Bruce Brown, so a good defensive pickups for the Nuggets as well. Also big news in Colorado. Durrell gets fired up at CU after a, just a dreadful, dreadful start. And I, yeah. I, don't, I don't know how long Jay Norvell's leash is going to be up at CSU because both teams are were actually rated the two worst college football teams in the entire nation. The only two winless teams in the nation are, are here. They're in Boulder and Foco. Do you think they're embarrassed that I don't want to say like the, the little step redheaded stepchild Air Force is is the, probably the best team in the region, definitely the state. But do you think they're embarrassed by that? Well, I'm so, I'm definitely sure that uh, CU is after they boat raced them. <laughs> Jay Norvell, he may be next on the on the chopping block up at up at CSU. Maybe not. It's only his first year. Uh, yeah. but they'll, I think they'll give him a chance to really build. He he was brought in to build up the program. They'll give him a a few more years, I think. Yeah, we hope he so. should get a few more years. That's the hope, anyway, and I'm sure he's he's hoping that as well. Well, one more thing here before we dive into our our topic for the day, Ty, and that's obviously the number one story in town is the Denver Broncos and their struggling offense continues. What is your makeup of of this? And then you add insult to injury by Javante down for the year. Randy Gregory's going to miss at least four weeks now with he he has to get a knee scope. What is your overall sense of this team four weeks in? You know, could be 4-0, maybe should be 0-4, but they're sitting right at 2-2. Two two. Uh, um, I don't want to be terribly alarmist, but it's going to be a long, long process because this team has built up a losing culture over the last few years, and it's it's going to take a long, long time. And there are some questions, too, like, is this the right hey, coach? Is this the right staff for at the moment, considering that they have an aging quarterback 
and they have a first-time head coach who's learning on the job as they go. Is is this the right coach to build that culture right now with the personnel they have right now? Do you think they're – obviously we talk about leashes, long leashes and stuff like that. I don't think Hackett's going to get fired in the first year or anything like that. No. He's going to give – they're going to give him time. You know, a lot of people already want Hackett out. A lot of people saying – you know they shouldn't have given Russell Wilson two hundred and forty million dollars, and he had he had his best game of the season so far last week in, yeah. in a loss, unfortunately. Right. But is this is it? I guess the fan base that's just impatient because you go from John Elway, couple down years, you get Peyton Manning, four great years capped off with the Super Bowl, then you got six more down years. Is, was the expectations just just too high when Russell Wilson came in? Honestly, yeah, I, I think everyone got swept up in the hype and. Uh... And and the history repeating and all that, and it just led their expectations way too high. Uh, hopefully, it gets changed around. We saw some tweaks. We saw we saw the advisor come in to help hack it. Maybe that cleaned up stuff. I it's it really cleaned up a lot of procedural stuff. There hasn't been a lot of like pre stamp penalties, but you know there's still a lot of stuff that happens during the play that, that's problematic. Yeah, so cleaning up on aisle five is definitely definitely still need to happen. So we're gonna dive into our topic, Ty, and that is. You know, national. Speaking of games and stuff like that, the way you listen to a game, the way you watch a game, do you hinge it on who's calling the game? You know, whether it's on you know the Fox broadcast, not anymore, but the old Fox, the standard Monday Night Football broadcast. Do you like? Are you one of those people that turn it on mute and then maybe listen to like the radio version or just keep it on mute because you hate the hate the broadcasters? I know hate's a strong word, but you know a lot of people are so down on on guys like Joe Buck. Guys like Collinsworth, does right. it affect the way you watch it, or you? It doesn't matter to you. You're going to watch it regardless of who's calling it. For me, if they're being especially buckish, especially Collinsworthy, I do turn it down. I really don't like a lot of the catchphrases, a lot of the droning of Buck. I don't like the catchphrases of Collinsworth. If if those are particularly bad, if they're particularly noticeable on that day, I'll turn it down. But usually, I'm I'm really good at uh, turning the the commentating into white noise. Yeah, and, and it usually helps that I, that my mind, the way it works, it's very one track. So if I can just focus on the game being played on what I see instead of what I hear, that that helps a lot too. Right. Which of course, with good games, which as they should be, that that's helpful. But if it's a dreadfully boring game, then yeah, the announcers really start to get to me. What what, what was your take on the legendary and and and, and late great John Madden? What enjoy his you know, color analyst, did you enjoy his kind of antics? Because obviously he has a video game. He we used to be in the video game, so a lot of his catchphrases were were put in that. A lot of his catchphrases <laughs> are being imitated, you know, guys like Frank Caliendo. Was he one of those guys that was annoying to you because of those catchphrases, or was it just, did he make it more fun to watch? Absolutely, he made it way more fun to watch. Because here's the thing, it, it's kind of like having that person in your living room with you, right, as you're watching. And, and that's kind of why it does annoy me when uh, when Collinsworth and Buck are really droning, right? Collinsworth, here's a guy, here's a guy, and all all that stuff. It's like having that guy next to you saying all that, commentating with you. It's like having that guy with Buck just droning over the over as you try to discuss the game you're, that's happening, right? But with John Madden, it, he makes the game more fun to. To watch, it, he makes the experience a lot more fun because he, he's one of the guys. He loves football the same as you. Now, and he make and he presents it in such a way that it's a lot more fun. It's very receptive the way, 
it's very consumable the way he breaks things down the way he draws on the screen yeah <laughs> the the way he, he uh, phrases a lot of stuff right basically taught what was going on not only by his drawings but the way he explained things right right it, it's kind of like entertainment for football right it's kind of like uh, he's kind of like the Bill Nye of football right that's a good comparison yeah I mean I I feel like Joe Buck's gonna be the topic of a of a lot of conversation here but maybe rightfully so. I don't know. I, I, I don't really have a problem with Joe Buck besides the stuff that you mentioned, you know, the the maybe the constant repeating of different phrases and stuff like that. And choosing one particular player to, you know, really heap praise on, right? Yeah. He, he, he Like, Collinsworth does choose favorites. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't disagree with that. Do you, do you like Joe Buck more as a football play-by-play guy or, or, or a baseball he is a lot better on baseball than he is on on football. Yeah. He, he's a lot more better suited to it. You can tell he he really grew up with it since he uh, he grew up in St. Louis, baseball town, USA. Uh, yeah, he's his style is a lot better suited to the lulls, the rhythm of baseball than it is football. Yeah, he was a guy you know always paired up with uh, Tim McCarver on the baseball side. Probably one of my favorite baseball voices is John Miller, who I think is the the TV play-by-play guy for the San Francisco Giants. He used to do the Sunday night games all the time on ESPN, and I don't think he does that anymore. It's crazy because the guys that go from their like home home base, so to speak, so John Miller, I think he's been the play-by-play guy for the San Francisco Giants for a very long time, but then he used to go and do ESPN Sunday night games. Is there a guy that stands out to you when it just has that baseball voice? You know the the guy on the guy on the Rockies flagship station as well on the radio. I mean, perfect, just baseball voice. Certain certain guys just have that radio. Whether it's yeah, on, just that officiate, you know that the, the AM radio voice. Yeah, just that officious sounding voice yes. that sounds so legitimate. That sounds so authoritative. Yeah, I mean, you, you listen, you just listen, and you're like, man, I can listen to this guy call baseball games all day. Another one of my favorites, uh, uh, it was on the TV side, was uh, Hawk Harrelson. I don't know if you've ever listened to Hawk Harrelson. He was the Chicago White Sox play-by-play guy for their TV. Maybe you've heard some of the highlights. He was always the guy that was so loud. He, you know, the the put it on the board. Yes, he was that guy. <laughs> Telling the Gus Johnson of, of uh, baseball. Yeah, I mean him and Steve Stone were were pretty good combinations. Steve Stone went from doing the Cubs TV broadcast with Chip Carey, which was also a good duo. Chip Carey went on to I think he went back to his hometown of Georgia and is doing the Brave games now. But Chip Carey used to do Cubs. I don't know how long he did it for, but he did Cubs TV for a very long time. Growing up, my whole family's from Chicago. WGN was one of the only stations that come in and. Always Cubs games. I'm not a Cubs fan by any means, but they always had Cub games on WGN. No White right. Sox. Always Cubs. Uh, I, I, mm. There was a certain day, maybe like a, a weird Thursday, where the Cubs weren't playing on their off day, maybe. The Sox were on somehow. And it was always Chip Carey and Steve Stone. Steve Stone eventually moved on to White Sox. He was actually a pitcher in in the big leagues for a short time. But yeah, Hawk Harrelson just had that distinct voice. You know, that perfect home run call, whether you liked it or not. You know, guy struck out. He was the guy that said, he gone. <laughs> you know, I, I mentioned John Miller, just one of those classic baseball voices. Is there a guy that stands out to you who has that, like you said, the authoritative, like distinct, the, the definitive voice of, just, of the city? Of, of whatever city it is. of, Or do you wish a guy was calling the team that you follow because you could just listen to him all day? I mean, if we're allowed to pull from uh, from former voices, I, I would love to have Vince Scalia for the Rockies, but... You know, that's not a possibility. That was never a possibility. But, uh, you know, 
Gus Johnson for any football team, for any team, would be amazing. Just his his enthusiasm, his his knowledge of the game, it's always very fun to listen to him. He, he's one of the guys that makes the game more fun to listen to. Yeah, he's the one with the patented Stokely, uh, the, the one Ooh. down the sideline wow. against Cincinnati. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah the, 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 the classic clips that you hear all the time when you're bringing up games and stuff like that yeah. so although nowadays i would all if, if i can help it i would always have kevin harlan on any game i, I watch any game i listen to because he he's the best of the best who does it any game he's on it will always be a highlight he's the one who said this guy is drunk yep yep okay <laughs> <laughs> but harlan's inflection is i think is better it's more energetic it's more distinctive yeah because watching the the last bronco game the cbs broadcast kevin harlan was on the call do you like, you know, because I, I remember recalling, you know, a, a two-yard run and, you know, break break a tackle here, break a tackle there, and he's, he's you know, plowing through people. Do you, I mean, do you like that on every play or just big plays or, like, can he take a break from it for, on, on smaller play? Maybe it's smaller plays that he thought was going to be a, a big play and he was already in the middle of his, his spiel. Eh, I mean, okay. Right, I think Harlan is a better radio voice. The way the way he talks, like the speed at which he talks, and the way he reacts to everything, he it's better suited to radio because he can really paint that picture. He can really illustrate what's going on, and just with his voice, the, the pace he he speaks at, and how descriptive he is. is it, it's less it's a little diluted with TV when you can actually see what's going on, but he's just so much fun to listen to. He can make any play sound exciting. Because I hear from people all the time, like, this is like, does he need to be that loud? And not not specifically Kevin Harlan, but, you know. You know, Johnson, anybody. Yeah, anybody. I mean, there's so much emphasis, obviously, on the big plays, and those are the ones that remember. Those are the ones that, hey, remember that play by Stokely? Yeah, the one with Gus Johnson on the call? You know, the the, the, the play. Right. And the, the play and the player and the guy who's calling it, I mean, they all go hand in hand, right? Yeah. Yeah, it, it feeds into it. And that's kind of why, you know, going back to Buck or Collinsworth, it's like, or Buck specifically, it's really, I I never remember any call of Bucks from a big play in football. I remember his final calls in baseball, but, but any big play that's going on in football with Buck over it, it's just white noise. And the the one, there's a very distinct one in, in baseball. I'm spacing on the what year it was, but I think it was the Red Sox and Yankees. Right, I know the one said, you're talking about. He, we will see you tomorrow night. That one. Yes. Yes. Yeah that 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 one is legendary. Yeah, and, and like you said, I don't. I mean, he's done a lot of baseball, but maybe just because he's done so many football, I don't know. I don't know what it is. And, and we're gonna bring up pet peeves of these uh, of some of the broadcasters here as well. One of my biggest pet peeves, I think, happened this year with Joe Buck on the call. All these broadcasters, you know, radio guys here broadcasters near and far they all do a lot of prep so much prep especially play by play because you got to get their you got to match up numbers with the players you know there's a big scrum big tackle big whatever yeah you know you got to associate number you probably have to look at a sheet real quick say that that guy's this number but the way that joe buck could not pronounce alberto's last name yeah absolutely drove me insane like you how many you have a week to prepare for this yeah you can rehearse <laughs> yeah or it's common knowledge that you that people just say Alberto. You can just say that. Well, he went. He eventually went to that. Yeah. But I think it was two or three times before that he was like Albert uh, Buiminum or something it, like that. Yeah, and it and that's problematic too because there's a lot of you know African immigrants coming up in the league. 
in, in many leagues right now. And that's that's a problem because they're going to have to learn how to pronounce that as as we go along because that's only going to get more and more frequent. Yeah. And it, I don't know why it bothered me so much. Yeah, because like, because like, that's someone's name. Like, I, I feel the same way. When someone mis- misspells my, my last name because it, my last name is Fuji, F-U-J-I-I. I've seen people misspell my name F-U-G-I, F-U-J-I. Uh, I've seen people misspell my, uh, my first name, T-Y-E. It's infuriating when someone gets your name wrong. So I was at Chick-fil-A. I think this was last week. You know, they asked for your name, whatever. I said, Michael. And literally two minutes later, the same lady who asked my name came out and was like, Mitchell, are you Mitchell? Like, looked right at me, even though she had just taken my order and came out and said, Mitchell? And I was like, no. I don't know how this other lady came up and said, that's supposed to be Michael. And she's like, oh. I'm like, I don't know why that's such a big... I guess, pet peeve of mine. Again. And you know what I get a lot, especially at a a coffee shop or something like that. Yeah, Starbucks. And say what you will, a lot of Michelle's. Don't know why. (laughs) (laughs) It's... It's the... It's the feminine form of Michael, right? I guess. But, but, you know, you're pretty opposite of that. (laughs) Yeah, so I don't know. If you were a player and you were re-watching these games where your name is mispronounced, would you... I'm assuming, I don't want to speak for you, but would you be upset, be like... Man, this this guy's really mispronouncing my name. Yeah, I, I'd be a little bugged by it. I wouldn't get too up in arms about it unless it's over and over and over again. But it, it would be it would be really it would kind of grate on me. Like, come on, man you you put all this work in and you can't even be bothered to get my name right. Yeah. Seriously, I mean, I'm guessing if I'm getting upset about a Chick Fil A girl getting my name wrong, I mean, I, I would I would assume I'd be upset about a broadcaster saying my name wrong yeah on one of the on one of the biggest shows of the week yeah i mean i get a lot of my last name is spillin and 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 somehow um, an m usually magically appears spillman obviously that's a pretty popular last name spillane there's no e at the end there's just been so many <laughs> i don't know how people yeah how people it, do that I mean, but. yours is really straightforward at least mine has some some foreign flair to get wrong <laughs> i guess so i mean yeah that, that would, that's just that's just crazy any other and I, again, I knew I kind of knew Joe Buck was going to be the big topic, but I mean, is there any other pet peeves and, and not specific guys, but you know, casually listening to games that just were like, you, you kind of turn your head, like, really? Did he say that, or did he just do that, or did he just make that analogy, or you know, try to make a joke that wasn't funny? Well, yeah. Well, well, well quick aside for Joe Buck, it's not as it's not as bothersome now that we have we we have the option not to listen to him like very pointedly. Like if you're not listening to Manicast, you're crazy. <laughs> Although we don't have the option until week seven now. Oh, crap. Why do they take those breaks? I don't know. I really don't know. Maybe it's just obligations and all that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, whatever. Uh, tangent and over. Uh, for me personally, it's it doesn't quite bleed into the broadcasts as much. It's more like pregame during the week and uh, halftime. It, it's more like it's more like the the proceedings before, during, and after. The, it's the support. It's homerism, right? Say what you will. These guys certainly are passionate. They, they certainly have character. They're certainly entertaining. But, you know, when whenever Michael Irvin, remember Stephen A., whenever Skip Bayless goes on a tangent, you know, cheerleading their guys, that's great and all. It's entertaining. It's fun. But I can't trust a word of what you just said. Everything, everything you just said, I have to take it with a grain of salt because what you just said, how you delivered it, that's cheerleading. That's 
that's you being on your own supply. And it goes both ways, too. Like, you know, consider Nick Wright, right? Because he's a clear Kansas City homer. He hates everything Denver. Granted, there's keeping it real. There's being kind of honest about it. And then there's, you know, hating on something and really, really accentuating the negative. Like, are, are you really offering legitimate analysis to this? Are you really offering substance to your argument? Or are you just making content? Are you letting your bias get in the way of your actual judgment? That goes both ways for positive and negative. Like, can we actually trust your judgment? Because are you, we, we as viewers know, we as listeners know when we're being, when, when there's fluff, when there's over positivity, when there's just cheerleading, right? Do you, do you feel, and, and kind of staying along that topic, do you feel like, you know, Skip and Shannon, for example, do you feel like when they bring up a topic in their pre-production meetings or, 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 you know, texting or however they do it, if they bring up a topic and they both agree on it, but it's such a good topic that do you think one of them will say, I'm going to play devil's advocate on this one and go the other way just for that argument, just for, because people love to see, again, right. uh, for right. example, the, the Skip, and, Skip and Shannon argue about something. One guy goes one way, one guy goes the other way. Even though they both may agree on it behind closed doors, do you think that one of them plays that character of devil's advocate just to get, you know, clicks, views, argument? People love to see the argument. Well, yeah, I mean, m- modern journalism does lend itself to that. Like they they have to get the, they have to get the views, the clicks, the engagement, and and it's honestly it's really easy to produce. It's really easy to consume because a lot of people only go for the headlines nowadays too. They they read the headline, they respond, they engage, and then they move on. And honestly, I I do believe if they do do that on some subjects, you can kind of tell when there there is a legitimate argument, a legitimate debate on that show, on on any hot take show. I I always found that interesting. Like, I wonder if these 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 dudes agree on this topic, but one of them is just going the other way because they want because to get content. that. Yeah, they want to get that. Yeah, I. It's just that we never or know, and we know when you know. It, you can kind of tell when there's substance and when there isn't, right? Yeah, you know, guys tend to reach. Guys tend to maybe lose their steam. Maybe maybe lose the argument that they that they started with strong. And kind of were and kind of lost steam towards the end because they're like, you know, I, I play I can only play devil's advocate for for so long. I came up with three great points against it, but I, I agree yeah. with this topic that I'm 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 just I'm just out of ideas for it. Okay, my my, my bullet points are up. I yeah. don't believe in this topic, I and I don't really and I can't be bothered to argue against it because I don't believe in it. Right. And, I, and I can't go off the cuff and really listen to what he's saying and respond to that. Like I I can see how other people can see it the other way. Even though I don't, but I'm just, I'm just, yeah, I'm out of, yeah, I'm, I'm, out I'm, of, I'm yeah, my, my, uh, I'm out of bullet points. I've crossed all my stuff off. Yeah. Can we move up to the next? Yeah, I'm out of, I'm out of topics. Really quickly, correct myself here, Joe Buck. That call was actually Texas and St. Louis. Oh, his hometown in the World Series, and it was the bottom of the eleventh. David Freeze walk off oh, yeah. homer. Yeah. yeah, and here it is for you. Hits it in the air to center. We will see you tomorrow night. So there it is. Yeah, it was the Texas and and St. Louis. Uh, yeah. Although, what what was the Boston and New York one that I was thinking about? I don't know because that's that's the <laughs> those are the two teams that yeah that I uh, that I was thinking of too. So 
maybe we can look that up as well. It's, it's funny you brought up Vince Scully. This is why I wore my my Brooklyn Dodgers hat. Yeah, uh, I noticed it's got, that. It's got Vince Scully embroidered in the hat for the years that he was the broadcaster for the Brooklyn slash Los Angeles Dodgers. So yeah. are you gonna get embroidered for his uh for his years on this earth? I don't know. Get, it, get underneath the 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 years for the for his, for his career. Well, th- this is the career that he broadcasted games. It came like this, so mm. I thought it was pretty cool. And I got it in L.A. at a Dodgers game, so okay, that ma- made it even more special. Yeah, that that's incredibly nice. Yeah. So, and you mentioned you mentioned homerism and stuff like that. When you have national TV broadcasts, and I'll, and I'll just bring up the Nuggets, obviously. You know, sometimes are on. You know, the, they get a lot of national broadcasts now because of you have you know two time MVP on your team now. So yeah. Sometimes the games are on TNT, ESPN, what have you, and some of the some of the games are still on the you know the home team broadcast. And I don't think they do it that much anymore. I think I think the home team gives up the rights to TNT, blah blah blah. Right. They they still do kind of a like a pregame show, you know, with Hastings and Marlowe. When that used to happen, because it used to happen a lot. You know, the the home team station would carry a game, and the national broadcast would carry the same exact game on obviously two different channels. Were there times, because I found myself a lot, like, I cannot listen to these ESPN guys. Like, they're so against the team that, I, that I'm that i following. Right. I just, I just can't do it. Right. They clearly favor the other team. And whether that's right or not, do you, have you ever found yourself just like, I, I have to watch the home team channel because yes. I just cannot, even though technically it is homerism because they're being paid by that team. To yeah, broadcast but, their product, but you know it's the it's the local local guys. They they yeah, have to be. They have to be. Yeah, part they're, of they're allowed to be. But part of the job of the national guys should be, I guess, splitting time, so to speak. Yeah, impartiality. Impart. Yeah, being impartial to the two teams that are out there. But uh, it's obvious that it's clearly going. For example, the Warriors, like in, especially in their heyday, you know, five six years ago when they're winning multiple championships, they obviously just won a championship, but. You know, back on their was it three out of five years or something yeah. like that. I mean, the, the the team, you know, always the West Coast teams, always the East Coast teams. I don't know what it's like, and yeah, Men- always the always the top ten market teams. Yeah, I don't know what it's like in Memphis because I don't really think a Memphis versus Nuggets game has been on national TV, and I could be wrong, but none comes to mind. But you know, all, you, you know, the Lakers of the world, the Warriors of the world, the Brooklyn Nets of the world, the, the royalty, Heat, yeah, the Miami Heat of the world. They're always going to get that favoritism. You know, ESPN gets a lot of a lot of crap for being East Coast biased. But when you have a West Coast team playing a Midwestern team, a, a quote unquote flyover state like Denver is supposed to be, yeah, whatever coast is playing the Nuggets, that coast is going to get that favoritism. So I always found myself flipping to the home team station. I just can't deal with these national guys just just harping on the Nuggets. And maybe that's for lack of a better term, wrong. Homerism is such a strong word for me. I don't like using that word. It just sounds weird to me. It, I think it kind of labels people wrong. But that's what you get when you turn to a, you know, local station, like you said. And, you know, the you know, Hastings and Marlowe aren't gonna really necessarily say anything bad about the Nuggets, but you go over to the other station and it's just so hard to listen to. Yeah. And and I've I caught myself doing that a lot too. Here's the thing. It's it also helps that Hastings and Marlowe are also very entertaining to listen to. They they are very high energy guys compared to the national broadcast, DNC, ESPN, what have you. They're usually very lower energy. Hastings and Marlowe, whereas they're not allowed to really rag on the Nuggets, they do break down what they did wrong. They they do at least try to break down where they went wrong and what's going on. And especially the the analytics side of of Scott Hastings, which is always always good to hear. And right. and and maybe that's what 
makes it better also because you're going to get some of that criticism even though it's the hometown station. Right. Yeah. Right. And it's nice to have that kind of objectivity about the team that the crew actually really, really knows about the team that they're covering, right? right. Because, and that's a problem with a lot of NBA coverage nationally. It's the ghost of David Stern hanging over the NBA still, right? The top 10 markets, they get a favor. They get priority. And the flower states, they get peanuts. Yeah. And here is the 2004 ALCS where David Ortiz hit the walk-off Big Poppy. There you go. Ortiz in the deep right field. Back is Sheffield. We'll see you later tonight. So one was, we'll see you later tonight. The other one is, we will see you tomorrow night. So maybe that's where the... Right. They're close. Yeah, I mean, it's just two words. So, I mean, the, another guy that comes to mind when it comes to to baseball uh, was Bob Euchre. And if you've seen Major League, absolutely fantastic. He's the He was actually the Milwaukee Brewers play-by-play guy forever. He's a baseball guy that comes to mind. Uh, I mentioned John Miller. And if you ever played Ken Griffey Jr. Slugfest on Super Nintendo way back in the day, I'm trying to look up his name, and it was the 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 guy who was like it was so defined in the baseball, and I had no idea that he. I thought it was you know a character on a video game, and it turned out to be a real guy. If you hit a grand slam, he said break out the break out the French toast and eggs or something <laughs> like that. I'll find it, but distinct guys like that, and then growing up and and realizing that oh this is this was an actual guy. Is there guys like that for you where you're like? I thought he was maybe just a character in a movie or a video game or, or a TV show. Because, again, same in Major League. I thought Bob Euchre was the guy who played the, the play-by-play guy in Major League was just a character, an actor. Yeah, you thought he was just that talking head in Futurama, right? Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, it's kind of like that for John Madden for me. Because for me, it started off as, oh, he's just the guy on the front of the, on the, front of the Madden covers, right? He's just a name on a video game box, right? And then it... Went into oh he's the announcer guy he's he made all these fun calls he's he's a funny football man, and then it went down further down the rabbit hole as I started really learning more about NFL history. Oh wait yeah this guy was an absolutely spectacular head coach like this guy is a legend. I really didn't know how far down the rabbit hole on John Madden went when I first encountered the games. Yeah uh, same same for me I was like oh this is just a voice on a on a video game. Speaking of of John Madden his old his old broadcast partner. Pat Summerall, that distinct to the twenty, oh, that distinct voice and stuff like that. Right, just that that perfect golf voice. Yeah, and and that's another guy. You're just like Pat Summerall was a little before my time, but you know, watching highlights and stuff like that, just that perfect, that perfect description. Yeah, just that perfect counterpoint, to John Madden. Yeah, to bring some legitimacy to to the broadcast. Yeah, and another guy who spanned across so many so many decades of you know broadcasting games, obviously, is is Al Michaels. <laughs> who we thought was going to retire, and then I'm sure Amazon was like, here's a butt-ton of money, and I guess he's like, do you believe in miracles? And then <laughs> they just gave him the bag. Al Michaels, obviously, you know, the the miracle team back on, you know, the USA versus USSR, yep. um, you know, countless Super Bowls, countless football games. What is your opinion or thoughts on on Al Michaels? And he, he's a legend. He's just a straight-up legend. He's, he's on the same level as Vin Scully. I mean, what, what else really can you say about him? His voice is so distinct. His yeah. mannerisms are, are so distinct. You can pick out his voice out of anywhere. He has the voice of a state official, like <laughs> of what a state official should be. Right. And his new broadcast partner, uh, Kirk Herbstreit, who, you know, been in the college game for a very, very long time. A lot of people question his 
transition over to the NFL. You know, he's done NFL here and there in a, in his career. Yeah. What do you think of that matchup now? Obviously, exclusively on 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 Thursday nights now, but I kind of like the pairing between Al Michaels and Kirk Herbstreit. Yeah, Michaels has that again. It's, it's kind of like that uh, Pat Summerall ish yeah, uh, attribute. He's he he has this very officious, very legitimate sounding voice, and uh, you know Herbstreit. He's he's very slick on uh, the way he on the way he uh, commentates. The way he describes things, the way he breaks things down, it, it's very, very digestible. And and going back really quickly to the Seattle Mariners play-by-play guy, his name was Dave Niehaus, and this was his patented home run grand slam call. Dinez down, a fastball swung on and hit the deep center field. Bernie Williams goes back, and it is get out the right bread and the mustard this time. Grandma. <laughs> it is a grand salami, and the Mariners. Oh, he's a grand salami guy. He was also famous for famous for the my oh my. My brother and I used to quote him all the time. That 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 is legendary. I I'd never heard put that. I never. Yeah, that's another thing. Yeah, exactly. Like the, going all the way back to the show when my brother and I used to play that. We we never knew that was an actual thing. Yeah. Again. Wow. Like, yeah. Playing. Also, cheers to the Mariners. Congratulations on their first uh, playoff berth in forever. There you go. Maybe since this team. Uh, but yeah, I mean. Again, going back to playing King Griffey Jr. Slugfest in like 1996 on the Super Nintendo. Obviously, it's a King Griffey game, so he got his hometown guy in Dave Niehaus to do the the, the play-by-play in the video game. I never knew it was an actual person. It's just, <laughs> it's just crazy how you connect things. You never put a name to the voice to the face. Yeah, and you know, a guy like me who does have a face for radio, it's you you never really see these guys unless you're watching the full breakdown. So we just asked we just asked KJ who his favorite broadcaster was. He said Kevin Harlem as well. And we all remember this one. Let's go in the secondary. Hey, somebody has run out on the field. Some goofball in a hat and a red shirt. Now he takes off the shirt. He's running down the middle by the 50. He's at the 30. He's bare-chested and banging his chest. Now he runs the opposite way. He runs at the 50. He runs at the 40. The guy is drunk. But there he <laughs> Uh, it's funny how streakers when they go out and not necessarily streakers but guys like this guy in the game who who came in and bobby wagner who had to tackle him he had like the what the, 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 pink the pink smoke bomb thing, yeah. and, the, and the pink shirt i mean yeah just, i mean just as this doesn't break and i think he's the one who did the cat right yeah he yeah. was the nyc cat yeah like whenever anything unexpected happens he's still doesn't break pro- stride at all he doesn't break yeah. stride at all he's still completely professional he gives it his all yeah. You, you can like he's one of those guys where you can tell he has so much fun with anything that comes his way. Yeah, and it, it, whether it's a cat or streaker, is it? I was gonna bring up, is it weird or, or do you ever wonder why they don't pan the cam? It's like an injury timeout. They don't show the actual person. Last night they showed it when they showed the guy with the pink smoke come out and Bobby Wagner had a tackle. But yeah, during that clip, all you saw was the play about to happen, snap the ball, and you just see a dude like fly by the line of scrimmage. <laughs> But then they don't pan. They show Jeff Fisher, who was the coach of the Rams at the time, and they, but they don't pan the camera to show. Yeah, it, it's it's weird that they, they don't do it. But I, I guess it's so they don't encourage people to, to streak on TV. I guess so. I, I guess so. Uh, yeah, I mean, you never know what people will do nowadays. What, wasn't the guy in the uh, Monday Night Football like? Wasn't he doing like a like a gender reveal kind of thing? I don't know. It was weird. And then yeah. the, the announcer was like, "Does he have a Does he have an ACL? Did he tear his ACL? No, he's he's going." <laughs> I don't know. And then Bobby Wagner knocked his lights out. So Yeah, veteran move. <laughs> veteran. Good veteran yeah, move. That was good form on that one. All right, Ty, we are 
out of time on the this edition of the Producers Podcast. Really quick recap. Kevin Harlan is your guy. Yep. Kevin Harlan is the best of the best. Best of the best. And that's just overall football, any sport. Yep. And if he touches, turns to gold. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to, like, pinpoint one guy. You know, Al Michaels is up there for me when it comes to football. Uh, I mentioned, I think, and he doesn't do it anymore. I think he stays at home in San Francisco. But you got to listen to to John Miller do do baseball games. It is just the classic baseball voice that I don't ever get tired of. So, um, you know, hockey, Gary Thorne was so, we, of course, didn't bring up hockey, but Gary Thorne on the ESPN broadcast was yeah. so good. So uh, Don good. Cherry was always really good. Uh, even Mike Haynes local. Yeah. I mean, the, the right by second, right by second. You know, <laughs> Super Joe just scored a goal, and then he beat up Doug Gilmore. I mean, it was just, just, just awesome. Just awesome. <laughs> you know, and even Mike Breen when it comes to basketball on ESPN. Yeah. Bang! I mean, bang! Yeah, bang! Yeah. Uh, So those are the guys that stick out to me. Again, I think my biggest pet peeve, just to recap, is just pronouncing names right. Yeah, just not. You have a week to. You have probably multiple weeks to prepare. Yeah, do your work. Do your prep. Yeah, it all comes. And of course, mine's homerism. It's just if you have a vested interest, I can't trust anything you say. And that's before the game. That's during halftime. And that's. Any uh, former cowboy that gets put on one of their freaking games. I was just going to say, does that, so, you know, like the new Amazon halftime show, pregame show, whatever is, you know, Richard Sherman. If he went all of a sudden like, man, you know, Seahawks, 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 is that going to, is that going to bother you? Honestly, it'll be interesting this Thursday night because it's Broncos, it's Russell Wilson and you know his feelings on Russ. So that's going to be very interesting to see. Yeah. So we'll see. Finally getting the, the the first producer's podcast episode under my belt. Great to do it with you, Ty. My debut. Yeah, it, it was a fun time, man. And you did great. This, yeah, the time flies when you're... Yeah, it is, <laughs> this one went by fast. Yeah. We want to thank you all for uh, the clicks on denverfan.com where you can find every producer's podcast. And uh, we'll try to keep churning these out. Yep. Try to keep them coming. We'll get new voices on some of the weekend guys and gals. Hopefully be on here soon. So that's it. Yeah, this will be up on Thursday. There you go. All right. For Ty Fuji, I am Michael Spillen. We will see you next time.